Welcome to Weaning 15, my new podcast series all about weaning. In each episode, I'm going to be talking with Charlotte Sterling Reed, a registered nutritionist specialising in maternal and infant nutrition. Charlotte is the expert in this field who has helped me with my new book, Weaning 15. Each episode will cover a different topic with the aim of giving you all the knowledge and confidence you need to start weaning your baby. Thanks for listening. Let's get weaning. Welcome to episode number five of Weaning 15. Today we're going to be talking about a really important part of the process, creating a calm environment and a happy baby. Now, yeah. this is something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, completely. I think when I, when I think back to how I, when I grew up in a really manic household, mm. shouting, swearing, doors getting slammed, we didn't eat together, I'd eat in front of the TV, you know, there just wasn't that like home environment conducive to a nice calm dinner. Yeah. Um, I really am making a conscious effort to like make sure that with Indy and Rosie and Marley that I create that environment and I want to... I want it to be a nice time of, you know, calmness and tolerance mm. and patience as opposed to stress and swearing and shouting and getting wound up. Because trust me, I, I said before, didn't I, in a previous podcast, the only thing or one of the things that stresses me out more than anything is when I'm trying to cook dinner yeah. and Indy's hungry and screaming because she wants to be held. I'm like, I'm flipping an egg. Yeah. I'm making a pizza. I've got no arms. I've only got two arms. So how, how, do, we, how do we create a calm environment and how yeah. important is that for a baby that's learning to eat food for the first time? And to be honest, I think you've done so well at showing parents that because I, I still have people write to me all the time and they say thank you so much for you and Joe and Weaning 15 because it you've really modelled like how to create that calm environment. I love the fact that you play music with Indy. She knows when mealtimes are coming because you've got that calm music on, like even from the very, very beginning. And, you know, sitting together, eating together, letting her see you eating, it all makes such a difference. And I guess that's what we're going to cover today. But I just think you've done really, really well at showing parents that. Well, thank you for your advice because I was listening. I always had you in, the, in my ear, you know, just like <laughs> Nagging. these little quotes and comments that you said that kind of really stuck. And it is like you're training, you're learning. As a parent, yeah. a new parent, you're learning, you're training, you're always learning new stuff. And one thing I did remember is like, you know, that thing of create a nice, calm environment, let yeah. them know it's the food's coming. Um, yeah. and, and, and I really believe that that's helped Indy on her journey because, like I said, we do sit down together as much as we can. And she watches us, she sees us eat, yeah. she sees me eating my porridge in the morning, I talk to her communication her language as well just through sitting together and yeah. like talking about the food like I say yeah. what are you having now she goes porry which is porridge yeah. you know berries yogi is yogurt um, she's got yeah. all these chia is chia seeds um, <laughs> I love that butter <laughs> is uh, peanut butter she's really learning vocabulary yeah, through that completely. process of, of cooking and of food and showing her what it is and it really just brings them a bit closer to the food as well and gets them involved in it rather than it just being something that you've created and you've plonked in front of them and they're sitting there and expected to eat it she's so much more engaged with it because she's seeing you creating meals with it and getting involved in the language and it's all part of the learning and the familiarity around food she loves it she gets in stirry 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 she yeah. stirs the food she mixes <laughs> things up and I, we make little baby little pita bread pizzas and really yeah, basic stuff that. on a Friday night which we, we just love and then we'll do things like you know she'll beat the eggs and I did something the other day she got her own little cleaning uh, she loved cleaning oh, the yeah, floor I saw that. she's got a little broom and a dustpan <laughs> and brush so I just got the oats threw a massive portion of oats on the you floor you threw them on the floor yeah, I can't believe I that I threw them all over the floor because I've got, I've got like a polished concrete floor so yeah. I thought get a, get a load of that over there <laughs> start having a little clean up and I just believe in having fun and like in the chaos of the kitchen and the mess yeah. of wean and you've got to embrace it because if you if you can't handle it and I am a clean dude like I love minimal mm. I love no toys no rubbish I just want everything to be like beautiful and clean yeah. you can't when you've got two kids trust yeah, me you've got to so let that hard. go so yeah I put the oats <laughs> on the floor it's completely dry 
If there's a rat living under the kitchen, you can, get, you can eat him. And Hungry rat. It's little things that is, I'm just bringing the fun into yeah, the kitchen. And I do the same with exercise. I love working out in front of her. I do my little mm. YouTube videos. Um, and she comes along next to me and she goes, squat, work, mm. worky, worky. Like she can, she, she's <laughs> learning from me. So these are yeah. all things about the environment of the kitchen. And do you find when you're getting involved in the cooking there, what I found with Raf is that he wants to get involved in everything. Is Indy the same? Like he wants to do everything. He wants to pop a raspberry and he wants to crack an egg. He wants to do everything. And it's t- it takes so long. And if you're in a rush, it can be quite stressful. But at the right time, it works brilliantly. Oh, she drives me mad. Like yeah. she, she drives me mad in the kitchen. <laughs> so I, I normally like Rosie might take her and, you know, play yeah. over the other side of the living room but she'll keep running back going daddy 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 she wants yeah, to cook and stuff um so as it's pros and cons but yeah, ultimately if you can get her doing something in the other corner of the room playing mm-hmm. or building some you know blocks and stuff yeah. it's it's positive um one of the other things i've done from the very start was when indy was born we used to play this playlist on spotify it's called lullaby mm. baby playlist yeah and it's really beautiful calm like acoustic lullaby kind of mm. stuff and that's kind of the soundtrack to the house I put it on when she's going to bed. I put it on when we're napping. I put it mm. on when we're eating. And it just means you come down. Um, there's no TV and like loud pumping music. There's no lyrics. It's just like yeah. acoustic guitar and piano. And it makes me instantly like it drops completely. my calm. It, it increases my calmness and sort of drops the anxiety and the stress. Mm. And I really feel like music is powerful in that respect. And so if you can, you know, put on some nice music uh, and just sit down yeah. and, and cook. Because I think on the opposite side of that, if you think about mealtimes, like if your mealtime is tense and stressful and if you as a parent are anxious and you're like sitting on the edge of your seat and you're, you know, not happy and relaxed, like it's going to have a massive impact on how much your baby enjoys that meal. I always say, think about, you know, no one wants to eat in a battleground and if there's pressure and tenseness around them so the more you can calm it and things like music you know fun tablecloths sitting together calm environment have such an impact on how much your baby will eat what's your advice on someone that is naturally anxious you know like whether Mm. it's their grandparents and their mum and they're highly you know highly quite strong and they're just naturally um tense and uptight about certain things what advice would you give them when going into the kitchen and weaning with their children? So I always say at the start of weaning, if you definitely, if you're anxious, do some reading around the subject first, you know, get your confidence up because as soon as you feel confident about what you're doing and what you're offering, it can make all the difference. Also, if you need to try and plan your meals a little bit more, um, you know, get foods ready in advance if you can, um, just because it can make the whole thing better you know, much, much more easy and simple for you. But again, just try and take a step back. Look at the mealtime environment, what's going on. If it's pressured and tense and stressed, it's not going to have a good knock-on effect to how your little one finds their mealtimes, basically. I, I definitely agree with you. And I wanted to quickly just briefly touch on this because we're actually doing... I, I'm so passionate about this and really think it's important that we're going to do a whole episode on developing social skills and eating out and travelling with a baby. But mm-hmm. what's your opinion on on the screen time? You know, obviously some parents will, will try to distract their yeah. child by yeah. putting an iPad or an iPhone or a TV on. Yeah. You know, what's your experience? I'm sure you spoke to parents have done that what yeah. is your advice and experience with that kind of thing happening yeah I'm asked about that all the time actually and um, you know ultimately like you said at the beginning there's no judgement there's no judgement I know how stressful and hard it can be but if you are having to use tools in order to get your baby to eat then you need to realise that your baby isn't thinking about food and they aren't learning and they aren't becoming familiar with meal times and um, all those different foods you're giving them they're just they're just being given a distraction and actually the food becomes completely nothing 
nothing to them because they're, they're going just, to autopilot almost. exactly autopilot with the food and actually if you want to create a child who loves their food then you need to try and do the opposite and really focus on the food and get them familiar with and you know pointing out parts of their meal and what they're eating and understanding and also seeing you eating it um the trouble is once you introduce the tv uh, or something to get them to eat you can it just gets into a habit and it's really really hard to step away from that so i do work with lots of parents who cannot get their children off of the screen and that's the only way they can get to feed them so if you can i'd say try not to do it but obviously every now and then is fine but ideally not getting into a habit of it a friend of mine when i started the weaning 15 account was like oh dude i really wish you did this like a year ago when i had my baby because they unfortunately went down that route of getting Mm. the ipad out and Mm. you know putting hey dougie or whatever it might have been on the screen or peppa pig and what happened was now the boy will only eat when the TV's in front on. of the screen. So yeah. when they're at home, it's kind of okay, just put the iPad on, right? But again, not really making an icon, just yeah. watching the screen, yeah. eating the food. And then when they go to eat at a restaurant, mm. they can't, they can't, they have to do the same. So it does become, it becomes a challenge. It does become, yeah, and a, a real so habit for It's the question of, do you want to, do you want to put yourself through the short term, you know, the tears and tantrums now and to try and incorporate yeah. good habits rather than have to wait until they're two, three, four, yeah. break them again and have an even bigger, mm. um, you know, drama on your hands. And I think mealtimes are such a time of learning. It's so important. They, you know, we've said this so many times throughout this podcast already, but, you know, they they learn from you. They watch you eat. They see your own habits around food. They listen to the way you talk about food. They learn food names from hearing you. Like, it's all a process of learning as well. And actually, just having a screen at mealtimes can really, really detract from that. So, as I said, no judgment. I know how difficult it can all be. Um, And every now and then is obviously fine, but it's not ideal to get into a habit of it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that more in episode number seven because yeah. we, we're really going to get into that, the, the social element of eating and how important it is for your, yeah, like, for you know, for confidence and, you know, um, social skills in, 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 in environments where there are other kids or if you're at a party yeah. or if you're at school, you know, because at the moment you can kind of control it. It's just you and your baby at home. Yeah. There will be a time when they're eating out, when they're on a plane, when they're in a restaurant, when they're at school. So it's about trying to create that environment as early as possible and, you know, establish good behaviours and good, yeah, you know, good, good tips and stuff. So let's talk a little bit about how important is, um, you know, the routine. Again, going through the age as well, we talked about when they first start, you know, getting them familiar with the timings and stuff. But I'm quite flexible. So obviously Mm. I do a lot of traveling. I like taking Indian Rosie and Marley and we don't really have like, oh, this is dinner time. We've got to eat at 6 p.m. Like we're quite flexible. That's just, that suits my lifestyle because Mm. sometimes I get in really late and I want to have dinner with them. And so we do eat quite late. But do you think as a rule, it is better to have more of a kind of fixed routine or can you be more flexible in it? Oh, it's so tough, this one, because it really will vary from, from family to family. But I definitely think that, a you know, children tend to quite like structure and routine. And just as an example, literally yesterday, we missed all of Rafi's routines. We woke up late, he had football, so we took him to football and it meant he missed breakfast, so he was in a right old mood all day and it was so hard to get him out of that mood. He's really affected by hunger, so he's in a right... He's so stroppy when he hasn't had his food, so it can affect children quite a lot. And also, when they're over-hungry, they often don't want to eat either. So I think it varies. For me, and I know for a lot of families, it can help to have a structure and some kind of routine. But I do agree with you. I think... You don't need to be super strict that it has to be at every single day at X time. But if you've got like roughly we have breakfast in the morning, you know, they have a nap at roughly this time and then they have their evening meal at between, let's say, six and eight, for example, then I think that's that's a really good one. It can help a lot of families to just kind of keep calm and keep everything ticking along nicely. But it does vary. Yeah, I think I think it's just every day is different and you might have a day where you go to the zoo and you 
skip lunch or, you know, the other day, like, Indy had a really late nap, so she missed yep. her lunch. And then when she came down for dinner, she was in a foul mood. She yeah, just completely. Up for it, and she basically didn't eat a lot that day. And I don't, I don't really get wound up about it. I just sort of think, well, look, she's just not mm. in the mood, doesn't want to eat. But I put her to bed. She slept through the night. She was just really tired and yeah. just wasn't in, in the mood for it. And I think... I think some parents will find that really, really stressful yeah. and really upsetting if their baby doesn't eat. But, I mean, it's rare that a baby's going to wake up in the middle of the night with hunger pains, like starving, hungry, ready for a stir-fry or curry. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's okay to just put them to bed. If, they, if you see they're yeah. overtired and they want to have a bit more sleep, you know, put them in bed. And they're gonna, their appetite, when they wake up in the morning, they'll have a nice big yeah. bowl of porridge or a big old breakfast. And like I say, when they're overtired or over-hungry, sometimes they just don't want to eat. And probably similar to us as parents, you know, we, we probably don't want to eat if we're overtired, over-hungry. Um, so, yeah, it's all about what works for you and just building on that. If you really don't like that uncertainty and that non-routine, then, yeah, stick to a routine. But, you know, flexibility can help babies as well because they do need to be versatile. They're not always going to be able to have lunch at exactly 12 o'clock. So having some flexibility within that structure is what I think kind of helps. What's the most common um, kind of pain points or, you know, stresses that you find that parents find in this environment in terms of creating an environment and a happy baby? Like, are there, are there any kind of common themes that you, you get a lot of questions about or people that find difficult? I think the mealtime kind of like the pressure on mealtimes and like, you know, my baby's not eating, so I'm sitting there trying to feed them and, and not really knowing what to do. Um, but I think, again, you're really good at that, that kind of stepping back, let's take a look at the situation, what's happening, remove her from the high chair if she's not hungry. So I definitely think that, uh, you know, parents are so worried about food refusal and, and we're going to be talking about that next episode, aren't we? Yeah, we're talking about food refusal and fussy eating because yeah. there's the pressure, I think, especially if um, the grandparents are involved or there's babysitters or, you know, nursery or place, whoever it may be, there's a pressure to constantly make sure the kids sit down and eat their food and it's like got to be this, you know, structured routine that, in, and then you like the odd one out if your baby doesn't eat. But again, I think trying to get everyone on board. So my my mum and Rosie's mum babysits Marlene, sorry, Indy, um, she'll go and stay the night or she'll spend mm. the day with her. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mum's really in on the whole thing. She's She Love believes it. in the philosophy. She understands what I'm trying to achieve. And yeah. so she understands about creating the same environment at her. Mm. I think it is important that if you do have childcare, that you let them understand them what you board. do, the routine and the kind of practices you've got in place. Because if they go to their grandparents and they get given loads of junk food, mm. they're running right, watching TV and they're and they'll come home and expect that. Mm. So make sure you try and communicate with the people that do look after your babies yeah. and your children that these are the kind of things we want to you know, install and let them really understand the reasoning behind it. Because like my nan, she still comes around every time with a box of chocolates and she, I used to love dime bars when I was at school. Oh my god, and, and I love dime did bars. That, the sherbet thing, and she oh, still yeah. always comes around with like sherbet. Oh, that's so sweet. And, and, and all, all these sweets that I was eating as a kid, and ice gems she brings around. Ice gems, yeah. And I know that if I let Indy go around the house, she'd be eating all that food as well. So <laughs> I suppose I'll just say to my nan, look, here's a little bit of lunch. Give this to yeah, her yeah. there, just sending to make it them easier. in. I think people struggle with this. I actually get asked about grandparents a lot, and they, often sometimes it can be really, really stressful because if you've not got the best relationship or if you've got a really stubborn mother-in-law or, or mother even um, it can be hard mothers-in-laws aren't stubborn are they <laughs> <laughs> no they're beautiful no to be fair I've been very lucky my because I think because you work in this 
field and I work in this field, we're probably quite lucky in that we've got parents who are already bought into what we're doing and they see it. But I think I like the fact that you say communication is so key. Communicate with those who are looking after them. And if in doubt, pack a lunch, you know, because honestly, parents do get very stressed about this and I can totally see why. If if all the good work you're doing seems like it's being undone, but remember, you know, if it's just one day, that's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, you can, you, it's what happens the majority of the time that really, really matters. Yeah, I think, like I, like I said, communication is important because, you know, your partner might be completely disagreeing with what you think, but it's about getting to that level ground where, like, this is, you know, yeah. this is why I want my baby to be like this. This is, I'm not trying to deprive them, whether it comes to, you know, chocolate and ice cream and all mm. this sort of stuff. And me and Rosie sometimes have a bit of friction where, like, I want to come home and give him the little chocolate bar because I love, I love seeing her face light up when I say, <laughs> I've got you a present. And she goes, chocolate. That's her word for chocolate. She goes, chocolate. And she looks at me and I'm like, oh, no, it's not chocolate. I've got some berries. Or if I do bring chocolate and I give it to her, like, I, I just love, she gives me a little kiss in the cuddle and she's so excited to eat it. But the other day I brought some home and I said, oh, I've got you a little kinder, like mm. little chocolate thing to have after dinner. Um, and I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought I'm giving her a little treat and making her feel special. But she was so distraught because she couldn't understand that she had to have it after dinner. I said, darling, eat your dinner and you can have your chocolate bar. But I threw yeah, her completely. She yeah, was yeah. so confused, doesn't understand. So really by me by you know and she went to bed she didn't want to eat her dinner so mm. i've realized that it's okay having a treat now and again when you're out and mm. about but try not to make it a daily thing because it will affect their meal time and yeah. they're going to be so fixated on that chocolate bar that they mm. will eat way less food so yeah. i'm going to kind of from now on when we're out and about if we have a dinner and we share a dessert or i get a little ice cream i'll i'll give it to her but only after we've had dinner mm. as opposed to showing to it and say this yeah. is what's coming because it confused us yeah, so much it's terrible i i try and like steer clear of um, having that whole food hierarchy so that you know certain foods are seen as treats because um you know obviously we're going to be we're going to prefer the taste of those foods they're created so that we really enjoy them but actually if you try and put other foods you know not put those foods on a pedestal above other foods it can actually make a really big difference so I always try and um, you know get Rafi excited about salmon or whatever it is that we're offering him and good old steamed salmon love a bit of of steamed (laughs) salmon yeah no I I do agree it's about you know, variety and consistency. Completely. And yeah, so like anything, it's about being consistent with the meal environment, with role modeling, with your routine, with cooking together, just having fun, enjoying it and creating the most calm environment you can possibly create in the chaotic kitchen or living room where you live at home. And um, just, yeah, having fun with it and enjoying it. So yeah, hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you got some value from that. And coming up on episode six, a really, really important really one for one. so many parents. Mm fussy eating and food refusal yeah. I can't wait because that is a really challenging one that a lot of parents face yeah. and I know that you've got some great advice on that so thanks again for listening thanks. and we'll see you soon for number six Bye.